Hey there, this is Shoot the Flick. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. And we are a married couple like to shoot the shit about movies. That we do. That we do. And this week we are celebrating a very special time for it is my 30th birthday. Yay! Join the club. Well, actually, it will be my birthday this Sunday. And in order to celebrate, I thought that I would introduce Scott to a movie that actually came out in theaters on my exact birthday, which was May 22nd, 1992. A very momentous occasion for many reasons, one of which being this movie that we're talking about today, which is called Encino Man. Indeed, the historic movie Encino Man. It's historic because it involves someone from the Stone Age. (laughs) (laughs) This I was scared to revisit this film. I'm not gonna lie, because I haven't seen it in a long time, and I was like, oh boy. (laughs) I was glad to revisit it. We had a pleasant experience, did we not, Scotty? Yeah, it was pleasant. It was a goofy, fun movie. Oh yes. So this is really the film that brought two pretty major actors into the mainstream. A good side of the coin and a bad side of the coin. We have uh, Pauly Shore making a big splash on the scene with this movie as far as a cinematic career. And uh, we also have Brendan Fraser in his very first major movie role, which is pretty cool. You're right, buddy. Oh, no. Um, so th- this is why I was scared, really, to revisit this film. Um, because movies that you watch when you're younger especially those with more of a kind of silly sophomoric reputation like Encino Man can either go two ways when you rewatch them as an adult. You can either appreciate them for what they are and have a good time with it, footloose and fancy free, that kind of thing. Maybe have to turn your brain off a little bit, but for the most part, it's fine. And then the other side of the coin is like, oh my God, I didn't realize how offensive or stupid or shitty this was or not funny or whatever you know yeah you know kids have no taste in movies and music and all that good uh, stuff yeah right right i mean they do but a lot of times especially when it comes to more kid-centric films they kind of just you know throw shit at the wall and just see what sticks you know like ah fart joke ah pratfalls oh how funny (laughs) and it's like this movie has some of that for sure but it actually isn't that bad. Like, I was able to enjoy and appreciate it for the cuteness factor of it. Is it incredibly dated and very, 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 very 90s? For sure. Okay, well, correction. Yes, it did come out in 1992. Uh-huh. But this feels so much like an 80s movie at times it does but i I feel like it's definitely a mix i would i would agree with that but i do feel like you get 90s vibes from it you could clearly tell because we've had this discussion before on other movie topics from the years of 1988 to 1992 a lot of movies don't know oh are we an 80s movie or are we a 90s movie Right, they're kind of like a weird hybrid. You, they, they can kind of fit in either box, I suppose. That's that's true. I get that vibe from this as well. 
For those of you who don't know off the top of your brain what Encino Man is, it's basically a couple of normal teens going to high school and they just happen to find a caveman and hilarity ensues and that's the movie. Hollywood Pictures presents Encino Man. He's a million years old and living proof that evolution is not an exact science. It, it made money. It made like mad fucking money. Do you have how much this movie cost? Seven million dollars. Okay, seven million dollars. How much do you think it made though worldwide? I, I'm going to say 40. Oh my God. That's literally, it's $40.7 million. Boom, I'm on the dot, <laughs> Holy baby. shit, okay. So yeah, I mean, it, it may, and that's the thing. It's like, it's comparatively to other movies, it's cheap to make. You know, you have Pauly Shore in it, who at the time was like, you know, a star. Pauly Shore is a TV star. And as you say, it was Brendan Fraser's first movie. So it's all like kind of, hey, we have these guys who eventually do become stars. Right, yeah. But they're not there yet. I mean, perhaps this movie came out at a time when, like, there wasn't a lot of things to choose from as far as what to partake in at the movie theater. But uh, it's it's got terrible Rotten Tomatoes scores. It's got a 17% critic score, which doesn't surprise me at all because critics, you know. But uh, it's, even with audiences, 56%. It's not great. Which, like, I get, you know, you don't go into this movie looking for, like, uh, you know a blockbuster like amazing hard-hitting film you know you laugh you cry you shit your pants like it's not that kind of movie it's no. just kind of like a chill movie and this is a get in get a couple laughs get out yeah for sure what's really like i think the most notable about this movie besides the fact that this is brendan fraser's first lead role is the fact that this is the movie that brought the cinematic fad that is Pauly Shore to us. Um, this was his first movie he had ever done. He plays like the best friend in this movie. So he's basically the side comic relief character that once in a while throws out a funny line here and there. And um, at the time before this movie, he was only known for being on MTV. He had his own show, Totally Pauly. And producers hired him basically because they're like, you're cool with the kids. You'll put butts in seats. Come on and be in our movie, Polly Shore. And he's like, okay, buddy. Buddy. And then like literally somehow because this movie was a success, producers everywhere were like, Polly Shore is the ticket to fucking money. We have to put Polly Shore in a shit ton of movies. So like throughout the 90s. He was in one, two, three, four, five, six movies, five of which were starring Pauly Shore as the main role. The only one that wasn't was a goofy movie because he played the best friend in that, too, who was like arguably a stoner in that movie as well. He's arguably this character. <laughs> yeah, basically just as a goof, but it's fine. <laughs> Fun fact about Pauly Shore regarding this movie, he was originally considered for Brendan Fraser's role. Interesting. Of Link, who is the caveman, as I said. But uh, that was before producers met Frazier and they liked him more for the role. So they gave it to him. But then after that, they're like, no, wait, we can't lose you, Pauly Shore. We'll write your own character, basically just you, so we can have you as you in the movie. And that'll be fine. Which okay. Is, which is funny because Pauly Shore's character of Stony. <laughs> Get it? Because Stone Age. It's so funny. Also, he kind of plays a stoner. Yes. Um, <laughs> 
he's the heart of this movie kind of he really is that's that's what's crazy about it because i just remember paulie shore from his reputation of being like annoying comic relief guy but like in this movie he's not the main character so while he does have the occasional like goofy comic relief type lines here and there he also is kind of just like a good friend to the two main characters which are really his actual bff who's played by sean astin and brendan frazier who is the caveman so it's like he really is he's all about friendship and love and hanging out and just living life as a teen in encino california dude and it's like okay (laughs) but somehow it's not annoying i don't know perhaps they just fucked up the formula of paulie shore and future films were like we we don't need to make him the main character we can put him on the sidelines and just like write him properly rein him in when we need to and like it, he can be tolerable in a film well well i also think it was a time frame in the 90s where people started to be like oh we like this shtick right now so we're gonna make this shtick and have you have multiple movies with it so paulie shore did it Hell, I can even say Keanu Reeves had a little bit of a shtick as the the beach goer. Oh yeah, Sandler with all his yes, whoopity-doos. yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then, funnily enough, with those two in particular, later on in their career, they both had comebacks, like as sort of middle-aged men, both in a more serious capacity. Now that I'm thinking about it, so maybe someday Paulie Shore will have his serious actor comeback. A, po- uh, a Shorezance. A Shorasans, yeah. Well, I, I remember my first introduction to Paulie Shore wasn't a Paulie Shore movie. It was the DVD of Dodgeball. Oh, Where yeah. they played the trailer for Paulie Shore is Dead, and he just gets pelted by like a hundred dodgeballs. Yeah, but you had seen Goofy movie before that. Yeah, but I didn't know that was Paulie Shore. Like, I had no idea <laughs> who the fuck that was. I just knew him as... Look, it's the Leaning Tower of Cheesa. <laughs> And I was like, okay. And then I watched Son-in-Law. I'm like, oh, okay. I see why we kind of let this go. It's funny because Son-in-Law was the one right after Encino Man. And I don't remember not liking that. I remember seeing it years and years ago. I don't remember not liking it. It's funny. It's, it's, I've I seen remember it, it was once, okay. And it's okay. That's what I think. I saw that, and then I saw Biodome, and I was like... Biodome's a shit done. show, but, like, Son-in-Law, if I remember correctly, it's a rom-com with, between him and Carla Gugino, which, like, on paper just sounds like a mess, but it actually, I think because, if I remember correctly, his character in that movie is, like, a wacky character, Ooh, but, like, they did the Heart of Gold thing, and they did it okay, so, like, it was more tolerable... That's just, I think that's the thing too. If you make, because there are other movies that he's been in where like his character is just a fucking idiot and he's annoying with his fucking like wackiness. So it's like, okay, I'm not rooting for this person. He's awful. But like when you have the combination of him being a good person, like his character, right? And then you have slightly contained wackiness, then like it could work. I think if you brought Paulie Shore. And gave him like a side character role in the movie now. It would be received well. I want you to imagine though. Because consider like Adam Sandler right. He did all his wacky shit in the 90s. And then now when Uncut Gems came out. What was it a couple years ago now. Yeah. People were talking about him getting nominated for a fucking Oscar. Just imagine. 
Paulie Shore comes out with like a serious like Safdie Brothers movie and he gets nominated for an Oscar. Can you imagine a world in which we live that Paulie Shore gets nominated for an Oscar? At this moment, no. <laughs> I don't think anyone's seen him act in anything in like years, so it's hard to grasp. It, you know, it's funny because Brendan Fraser has just recently had kind of a renaissance, or he's going to even more so because he's going to come out. I think he's in the new Scorsese movie that's going to come out this year. Well, he that, that he's doing Batgirl, I think. Yeah, he's he did the Mafia movie recently with Don Cheadle. But yeah, Paulie, I think it would have to be the right role. Yeah, well, that's the thing. With also, a, with a comeback, that's really what what the what it comes down to. Also, I don't know how much of Paulie Shore is shtick and what's real. Right. Like I don't know, is, is this actually him? Yeah. If he did have a comeback, it would have to be in something with zero shtick. Yeah. Or I, or I would say reintroduce him in something where he's like, let's yeah, say like, have like a cameo, like a not, a, not a cameo necessarily, but like a really like sly side role that Pardon? he just comes out of nowhere it's like oh shit that's Pauly Shore and, and that was you, awesome yeah and he makes you laugh and you're like oh good okay yeah yeah that would be dope I would be down to see that but um anyway this movie Encino Man uh was directed by Les Mayfield and like pretty much all the main actors in this film this was the director's debut film he also directed Flubber Ah. which is also kind of in line with this it's like it's not really a great movie but like it's fun and silly and cute goofy yeah yeah and then uh it was also written by a woman named sean sheps who this was also her first film she also wrote son-in-law which we just talked about and uh she was also an actor too and um i just as someone who loves the golden girls i had to mention this she played blanche's daughter rebecca in the golden girls and they did a whole episode around her and that the basic problem of the episode is that oh blanche's daughter rebecca is fat oh my god it's like the whole episode is like just body shaming this it's it's weird you're blanche's daughter the model she model car covers so the 80s were a weird time guys but anyway <laughs> are you ready to have the stone age meet the rock age with encino man are you ready to get into the nitty-gritty scott god that is the worst that's the tagline for the movie by i the know way. it's the worst when the stone age meets the rock age because you know 90s <laughs> radical oh my god okay let's do this oh no Alrighty. so we open up this radical 90s movie with a cold open set in the ice age <laughs> scott was very confused he's like wait i didn't know this was a period piece is this the revenant what are we watching <laughs> oh my god it's so funny so the ice age is like crumbling down around brendan fraser and uh, his supposed cave Lady. girlfriend yeah <laughs> and I'm laughing so hard because he reaches out to her, can clearly get her because he's just standing there. <laughs> yeah, it's so stupid. And as the cave girl, I'm like, you can get to her. There's nothing showing that you can't get to her. Scott, it's fine. <laughs> it's just fine. So, yeah, there's an earthquake and this big cave tumbles in and crushes them. And it segues immediately into 1992 where we wake up with Sean Astin who plays our main character of Dave. And, uh, and Dave sucks. Dave, 
Dave is a horrible person. Okay, he's painted as the nerd, right? Nerd, I'm not popular. I just want to be popular. Popular. (laughs) Right. And like, that's fine. That's not an unusual trope for a high school movie, right? But the problem is, he's just such an asshole. The entire movie. All he talks about is being popular. And we meet his best friend, Stoney, who, as we mentioned endlessly, is played by Pauly Shore. And he's actually a good friend to Dave. Like, he loves Dave. That's his buddy. That's his pal. He eats over at his family's house every night. You know, he hangs out with them all the time, makes cracks jokes. And, like, fucking Dave. We open up with him literally digging a big-ass hole in the ground in his backyard because he wants to dig out a pool so all the popular kids will come to his house for an after-prom party at his house, which I don't think you can just dig a hole in the ground and make a pool. I don't think that's how it works. I mean, I know you have to dig a hole, essentially, to make a pool, but I think there's more to it than just digging a hole in the ground. There's digging the hole, there's the permits. His parents must be so checked out because... The parents are awful, too. We'll get to that. (laughs) But they must be so checked out because they just don't give a shit. When he fills it with water later on in the movie, it would just be a mud pit. Yeah, that's... I mean, as far as stupid shit in this movie, that's probably one of the least egregious things. But, like, whatever. It's fine. But the point is, Stoney's a good-ass friend, right? And they have this whole conversation at the beginning of the movie where Dave is like, I want to be popular, meh, meh, meh. And Stoney's like, I'm okay, like, just, you know, being myself, dude. Like, it's fine. Like, you know, we're fucking seniors. We're not going to fucking be here in a few months anyway. Who cares? And <laughs> Dave's just like, oh, I'm going to build this pool, and I'm going to get all the popular kids to come to my house, and I'm going to be cool. And then Stoney says something along the lines of, like, what about me, Dave? And he's like, oh, you'll be there, too. <laughs> It's like, you don't give a fuck about his best friend. <laughs> he just wants to be popular and get the pretty girl to sit on his dick. But it's fine. Well, okay. So we go to their high school and we meet the pretty girl. Yes. Her name is Robin and she's played by Megan Ward. And it is brought up later that Dave could have dated Robin. Well, they were friends as kids. They were friends as kids. They were friends for a while. And she, as Stoney put it, in, let's say, the past year, just reached babehood. No, Dave said that. Because literally, Stoney, they're driving into school on Stoney's like, little moped or whatever. And he's like, dude, you could have had Robin like years ago. And Dave just turns around and he's like, well, she hadn't reached babehood yet. So clearly you like her so much for who she is that you didn't like her back then when she was just your friend because she didn't have like perky titties yet. Like, I don't really understand how we're supposed to like this person (laughs) because the whole thing is with him and Robin. Okay. He's a nerd, right? And she's popular because she purdy, right? But like, she's a nice girl. Oh yeah, she's a nice girl, but I don't feel that between these two. No, they have zero chemistry at all. But mind you, she has no chemistry either with her jock asshole boyfriend. Oh, though he has all the memes, though. The boyfriend, Matt, is played by Michael DeLuise, who earlier that year actually played one of the friends in Wayne's World, (laughs) which we also did a review Ah. on. He's just like the typical jock dickhead and, of course, because of that, he is dating Robin, who's the pretty popular girl. There's a moment here where Dave is waving at Robin. And the boyfriend, Matt, 
slides into the frame and gives him like the eyes like i'm watching you motherfucker and it's just such a funny it is moment it is funny and he has like catchphrases too like at one point he's bullying dave and dave's trying to like talk back to him he's like shush <laughs> so obnoxious shush oh my god so there's a wrestler today named chad gable who kind of has that adopted the shush 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 please but um, I will say, though, in regards to Sony, I think the worst of his character and, like, him being annoying or whatever is in the first maybe 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, probably. Because I think they're just trying to establish him as, like, the kind of stoner-type, loosey-goosey, I-say-funny-things-sometimes character. After that, once the caveman comes into the picture... And he kind of forms a bond with him. And, like, you see him more as, like, an actual character with, like, emotions and shit, <laughs> you know? And not just, like, a walking, talking, well, you know, stoner joke machine. Well, not only that, but, like, there are times in this movie, and I don't know where it is, but at one point, because Dave is such an asshole, he basically goes, Stoney, you have no real friends. You don't make friends. You're a party of one, basically. And it's funny because throughout the movie... You're supposed to be led to believe that Stoney doesn't have friends, but Stoney makes friends with, like, everybody throughout the movie. Yeah, there's one of the popular girls that's kind of a cunt to everybody, but other than that, like, everyone says hi to Stoney, it feels like, and no one gives a shit about Dave, because Stoney's actually, like, a genuinely nice person, and he says hi to everybody. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's a boy in the movie where they are at a fucking bar, and Dave is with Robin, the boyfriend is nowhere to be found, so Dave is finally alone with Robin, right, and they're at a dance club. And she's like, come dance with me, Dave. And he's like, uh, no, I don't like to dance. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you're getting exactly what you want, you idiot. And you're like, I just don't dance. It's like, okay, you need to go somewhere and sit down just away from everyone because you suck. <laughs> After school, they go back to Dave's house and he's digging the stupid fucking pool. Which, like, also, just a, a note about the parents in this movie, which we're going to get a, a pretty clear indication in a scene coming up that the parents are, like, in la-la land and don't know what the fuck's going on in their own house. But how how is your son digging a giant hole in the backyard and you don't know? <laughs> At one point, the father does come in and the father goes, I just want to come home after a long day of work, eat food, and watch the game. That's it. And he has clearly given up on Dave. He has given up on his son. Good, he's a fucking idiot. When you watch this as a kid, you kind of like are like, haha, funny, right? But like watching it as an adult, that's the one thing I feel like I took away differently from this movie. Like, oh, the main character's a real shithead. Like, I'm not really rooting for him at all. I'm rooting more for Brendan Fraser and Pauly Shore. <laughs> But anyway, they, they go home and uh, Dave's digging up the pool, right? And Stoney's hanging out with him. And uh, Dave comes across this, like, chunk of ice buried in the backyard. And <laughs> we get, like, a very Pauly Shore moment where he calls over Pauly Shore. And he's like, look, feel that. Feel what, what's, what is that, man? And he's like, oh, it's chilling, man. Like, chilling. It's chilling. Like, he says chilling, like, 15 fucking times. Pauly Shore <laughs> has so many, like... Buddy. Buddy. That's his real catchphrase. Uh, buddy. <laughs> yo, let's get some grindage. Ah, uh, yes. That means for the for the you know, old farts listening, grindage means food. Uh, uh it, it's just there's so many uh, Pauly 
shore isms isms yeah <laughs> it's 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 insane so they dig out this big chunk of ice and they realize that there's a whole ass guy in this chunk of ice and they they come to the conclusion because conveniently earlier that day in class their science teacher was teaching them about the ice age oh, conveniently <laughs> So they managed to figure out that this hunk of ice with dude inside is Ice Age Caveman Man. And they're like, oh, great. Let's dig up this giant hunk of ice, put it in the garage, plug in a thousand heating lamps to defrost said Ice Caveman, and just see what happens. This will make us popular, Dave says. First of all, what? (laughs) Second of all... They do everything in a montage, right? This is a movie with many much montages. So whenever they have to do something and they don't know how to really logically show how it was possible, they'll just throw in a montage and everything's fine. So they literally just put on a song and show Pauly Shore and Sean Astin digging up this giant ice block with a guy inside and they show Polly Shore driving a fucking like excavator or something for like a, a frame or two and then that explains everything and it's like how do you not know parents that a 17 year old boy is driving an excavator in your house digging up a fucking caveman I don't understand you let's even ignore that let's go to the this caveman will make me popular. Yeah, that's like a leap, sir. Dude, you found a caveman frozen in ice. Just sell it. Make a fortune. Be set for life. Just let Stoney go watch his Jeopardy. Well, yeah, literally Stoney's like, I don't want any part of this. This is like, this is a lot. I'm done. Like, I got to go home and watch Jeopardy. And Sean Astin's like, no, man, wait. You could get paid lots of money for this thing. You're a part of this because you were with me when I found it. And you could get a mansion with many much babes with many much breastuses. And he probably shorts like, okay, whatever. Let's dig it up with the excavator I just happened to have in my fucking garage. So they, they put this fucking ice block in their garage leave they just leave they hook up a bunch of fucking heaters and leave that's the part i also don't understand why would you hook up a bunch of heaters around it to try and melt it yeah but why i don't know well, I really don't know. Sean Astin just walks in and looks at it. It's like, ah, oh, damn, we got to thaw him out. Why do you have to do that? But also, like, he goes to Stoney. He goes, don't tell anybody, Stoney. Don't do it. And what oh, does God. Sean Astin immediately do? He goes to the girl and goes, hey, I found a caveman. And, of course, she doesn't believe him. And she thinks that he's being, like, a weirdo. And, like, why? Why would you think that she would believe that? But even if she did believe it. Why what? are you telling her? Why would she give a shit? Why would she think that that's hot? Like, I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. But sometimes for movies to happen, Scott, other things have to happen that don't make sense. So while they're at school, after leaving this ice block alone in a fucking garage filled with space eaters, magically the ice block melts and the Frasier is released. And... We get the typical fish out of water shit where he tries to fight a fucking garbage truck. He scares off the mailman. And thankfully, you guys, don't worry. We don't get any full frontal. Brendan Fraser just happens to be wearing a tasteful loincloth. Very tasteful. (laughs) After fucking millions of bajillions of years in a fucking ice cube. And also we get some 
wonderful, uh, you know, physical comedy when Brendan Fraser whacks himself in the head with a rake. Yes. And with a funny sound effect to go along with it. So th- this is clearly a kid's movie. So we can't have any penis, you know, flying about. We have to have the tasteful loincloth. Of course. <laughs> Uh, so I want to ask you this question: If a caveman happened to really be revived today, how quick do you think he's dead? I mean, I could just see because at one point, Brendan Fraser runs out into the middle of the street and gets scared by a garbage truck. So the way I'd really see that happening is he runs out in the middle of the street, and someone gets horrified seeing this half-naked, filthy guy running around in the middle of the street like a lunatic, and hits him with his car. And, you know, splat dead. But also, like, you got to think about just medically, you know, his immune system probably isn't great. Considering, A, you've been frozen for, like, a bajillion years. And, B, the expansion of, like, a million bazillion germs that probably didn't exist back in caveman times. The common cold might kill him. That's why, in a situation like that, the proper thing would be to, like, alert some kind of historical society or something the government just anything other than just a fucking stoner with an excavator who would he i mean this isn't captain america odds are that that wouldn't actually like there's no way that that would actually happen in real life that a guy's just been frozen for a bajillion years and like magically still alive and the only reason you can kind of get away with it with captain america is because he's a super soldier who like has healing right that's what i'm saying like it's you know complete nonsense so trying to put logic on any of this is like absurd but like that doesn't stop us obviously of course not so (laughs) dave and stoney come home after school to find brendan fraser caveman has wrecked the house totally wrecked the house and he is trying to start a fire in dave's bedroom like she's trying to start a what it's gonna start a fire he's trying to start a fire fire but what the best part, they like open the door crack and they see fucking caveman like trying to start a fire and like made a mess of the whole and Sony just turns to Dave and he's like, I think we should just walk. <laughs> we should just we should just turn around and you. leave your house forever <laughs> and never speak of this again. It's like I don't think that's an option at this point. So they go in and confront him, Brendan Fraser, right? And he freaks the fuck out. He hears the phone ringing and he like has a shit fit. But then Stoney just randomly whips out a lighter and just like, fire. (laughs) Look. (laughs) Yeah, we can create fire without two sticks. After this major historical, insanely mind-blowing discovery, right? They're like interacting with him and Dave is like, hmm, we have to make him act normal. We have to make him a normal person. And it's like, wait, why do we have to do that? (laughs) Let's enroll him in high school (laughs) like i I don't understand the track of thoughts oh my god so this is the other historical thing about this movie this is the first american appearance in any movie of right said fred i'm too sexy for my shirt i'm too sexy for my shirt too sexy for my shirt so sexy it hurts and i am too sexy for milan we go into a, another montage at this point where we are cleaning, trimming, dressing, etc. The caveman. And we eventually give him the name Link. Well, missing Link. So Right. Well, that's what he says. Oh, he's like the missing Link. Oh, we can call him Link. Cool. 
But again, the montage is basically used here to be like, hmm, the process of getting this guy who has spent his entire life in the dirt, probably smells like all of the trash cans. It wouldn't just be like a quick, you know, spit and shine to make him a clean, normal 90s boy. Well, that's not (laughs) not only that, but like, again, back to the Stone Age thing, because they wash him in a ton of chemicals. Like, oh yeah. How is he gonna react to like? Yeah, chemicals? exactly. That's true. I didn't even think of that either. It's yeah. But well, let's not think about that too hard, Scott. The point is, we have turned Brendan Fraser into a hot boy. Uh, and I have to admit, there's a joke that comes up here because his parents finally come home. Oh my god. To the house being a disaster. These parents are fucking morons. I literally, I'm just, I'm just flabbergasted by how dumb they are. Dave goes, oh. You guys don't remember? You guys said I could have my foreign exchange student friend stay here. He's from Estonia. And I <laughs> I laughed so hard. I was at so such surprised. A stupid joke. That was the first time you like hysterical laughed out loud, I think. And I was so I'm like, oh my god, you actually like this movie? <laughs> it, it, it's such like, a, you like this. It's such a dumb joke, but it got me so hard. Hello, nurse. Ew. So now that we have uh, established one of our main characters, his uh, new name, Link, or as the parents know him, Linkovich Chamowski, which is like, yes, that'll make him fit in real well. (laughs) But he's hot, so it doesn't matter what his name is, I guess. But the point is, now that we have established Brendan Fraser's character, I would now like to hit you with two pretty major cast could have been for link hit me with them apparently two actors that were considered for the role were mr jim carrey makes which makes perfect sense and a mr nicholas cage which also would have been fucking great (laughs) the thing is about both of them and i do love both of them of course i think the role doesn't require as much zaniness as jim carrey and nicholas cage would bring to it yeah, I, I do agree with that. I think Brendan Fraser really was the perfect choice as far as that, because you're right, the the zaniness factor with Jim Carrey or Nick Cage would have been like 211 potentially, right? But I think Brendan Fraser has the perfect balance between like the wackiness of this caveman trying to learn the 90s ways and like getting caught up in the wackiness and radicalness of the 90s, right? But also, like, he just seems so sweet, the character. Yeah. He even has a couple, like, really heartwarming moments in the movie. He does. Not uh, that Jim Carrey and Nick Cage can't do that, but I think you have to have that balance. Yeah. Also, Jim Carrey kind of already did this with Earth Girls Are Easy. It's very similar, except being from the Stone Age, he's an alien. Right, right, right. Oh, so what were we talking about? Oh, yes. That Dave's parents are fucking idiots. Go. Yes, Dave's parents are idiots. They now believe that they suddenly forgot that they are housing a random child. Dave's like, Mom, Dad, don't you remember when I talked about this like months ago? How we were getting a foreign exchange student? God, you guys ever listen to me? It's so stupid. But of course the parents buy it and, you know, Link is is free to stay in the house, enroll in school or whatever. Yeah, also, the school has to be the dumbest school. The school is already it's too, yeah, because when we enroll him in school... Whatever paperwork they hand in to verify Link's identity, we find out later is just a dog license and no one noticed that. I don't I don't understand, <laughs> but it's fine. The movie has to happen somehow. 
So yeah, so we enroll Link in school and Dave is like, we can use him to get us popular because, you know, he's hot and the girls will flock to him, blah, 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 blah. And Stoney's like, can't we just like be his friend and stuff? Can't we just let him have a normal existence? Oh, but he does this flip into like the main hallway and runs up to this one girl who is like the biggest horn dog of the movie. Oh, yeah, she's Robin's, like, little BFF, who's a cunt to everybody, and he immediately, Link, he, like, immediately jumps all over her and is very handsy, <laughs> but because, you know, she, she's established as, like, a cunty, kind of slutty girl, it's fine. So it's okay to sexually assault people as long as they're slutty. That's the moral of the story. <laughs> but then later on, some of the popular people are like, who is that guy? And she just goes... <laughs> Oh, his name's Link. He's from Estonia, and I think he's Jive. And it's like, oh ew. God, the Jive line. <laughs> clearly, clearly adults that weren't kids in the 90s wrote this movie. <laughs> the Jive line killed me. Oh, my God. It was it was a rough line and a rough delivery from that actress, but it's, it's fine. She ends up asking him out to the roller rink or the ice rink. Yes, it, it's, it's an ice rink, it's right? It's an ice rink. And Dave and Stoney pal along because they're like oh can we go uh, yeah exactly which by the way this is a public establishment you could go anytime you goddamn feel like true i mean yeah you don't have to ask permission to go somewhere but i mean they're unpopular so they must ask to go to the ice the higher up for, for permission but um for a movie that at least the first half is predicated a lot upon fish out of water humor as far as brendan fraser's character it really isn't bad. It's not intolerable or anything. It's no. it's really okay. But it's it, also because Brendan Fraser is so goddamn charming. He is very charming and very sweet. And like Polly Shore ends up taking him off after school and you know running around and doing Polly Shore things like they go to the gas station and eat burritos and slushies and then they go to a roller coaster the and four a main theme food park. Groups. Oh yeah, we talk about the four main food groups which none of them are actual food groups. It's just junk food and it's 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 hilarious. But um, that's a part of the movie that I really liked. Pauly Shore and Brendan Fraser just bonding. Because Stoney doesn't really give a shit about being popular or, like, you know, hanging out with the popular kids through Link. Like, he just wants to be buddies. And it's really sweet and cute. Check out the fresh nugs. Wheeze in the juice. Ow! Buddy. <laughs> Check out my cat. Ow! Oh. God, you got him talking like you now. They take Link to the ice rink. Yes, Dave is flirting with Robin, which is so bizarre because I've never seen a human being flirt like this. He basically just whips out a old picture, like an old photo of them as babies in the bath together. And it's like, that's supposed to be an aphrodisiac or something. Because first of all, um, why do you carry that picture around with you everywhere you go? He just whips it out like, oh, look, uh, we've seen each other naked. Like, ew, first, that's just, ew. Nope, why, nope. why would you do that? <laughs> why is that attractive? But then... When Matt sees Dave talking to Robin, he goes over and starts acting like an asshole, throws him onto the ice, starts beating him up. Link walks over and, like, tries to defend him. He yells over at Matt, and Matt ends up punching Link in the face, and he just stands there and takes it. And Dave is like, well, what are you doing? Fight back, fight back. And Sony's like, Dave, let's just, let's just go. So the three of them leave. 
and Stoney and Dave are arguing like Dave's like oh you, he should have fought back you know for for pride's sake and Stoney's like Dave he's a fucking caveman he had to fight to survive and to like eat <laughs> like he's not gonna fight over some bullshit like let it go Elsa and it's like I love how Stoney is the voice of reason here this is great <laughs> I love this well, yes then, <laughs> then we get a wrestling montage where they're like we have to have him watch wrestling and boxing and oh yes because dave wants him to learn how to defend himself when meanwhile everybody that was there like all the kids from the school that were there at the ice rink are like oh wow this kid link is boss as fuck so in reality he got you know he got popular anyway because he's just like a cool person just without being an asshole but yes then we of course because there's no possible way that a human being can become an expert at fighting in a matter of like a day so we have to have a montage of dave basically teaching link how to fight using vhs tapes remember vhs tapes you guys well, it's funny because link learns from like watching tv constantly like he learns to dance from watching tv oh early that's true on. yeah we get the terminator reference here oh my god which, i forgot about that yeah which is funny because i'm like that's gotta be expensive as fuck just to have that little fucking scene from terminator yeah that was literally like when he first came out of the ice and went in the house he turned on the tv and he was like fucking with the channels or something and terminator came on and of course arnold schwarzenegger was like i'll be back and then later on in the movie <laughs> brendan fraser says that to somebody he's like i'll be back <laughs> not even really knowing what it means probably but um... he also learned to drive from video games, which is also hysterical. Oh, yeah, that's going to come back later. <laughs> but see, th that's just another like obvious uh, indication that this is a movie aimed for kids, because then kids watch this and they can go to their mom and dad and be like, see, mom and dad, video games aren't bad. They taught <laughs> running Frasier how to drive. <laughs> well, you know, Rad Racer is fine, but God forbid we... They play Grand Theft Auto. Everyone gets up in arms. It's teaching our children to be violent. Oh, God. Anyway, <laughs> after this all happens, we get a, a scene that is actually pretty sad. It, it's the most realistic kind of, oh, this would really be like what happens in this situation if it was a caveman completely out of his time in the 90s, you know, just walking around like everything's fine. So they go on a school trip to the Natural History Museum. You you know where this is going. <laughs> and, you know, Link goes off on his own at one point and he finds this exhibit of the Ice Age and he looks around and he kind of has this pretty devastating realization that, like, everyone and everything he ever knew is gone and dead and, you know, he's the only one of his kind left in the world yeah. And he kind of has a breakdown. He, he breaks down. Dave is only thinking about getting in trouble because he jumps into the exhibit. First of all, why the fuck? You guys are supposed to be responsible for Link, right? They're basically his parents, right? Because yeah. he basically is just a child experiencing this world for the first time. So when you realize that a school trip to the Natural History Museum is coming up, and, you know, your teacher was teaching you about the fucking Ice Age in the beginning of the movie. Perhaps this might come up. So maybe, you know, have him play sick that day. Like, why are we even subjecting him to this? Link climbs into the fucking exhibit and starts trying to build a fire. And he's just like in the midst of a breakdown. He's crying. And Dave is like, I don't want to get in trouble. Link, get out of there. Get out of there. And Stoney is like, 
Dave, look at him. He's freaking out. We have to talk to him. And they actually have a very sweet, the three of them, the sweet moment where they climb into the exhibit with him and they comfort him. Family. You okay? It's okay. Look, we're your new family, man. We're your new family. It's okay. It's a nice quiet moment in all of this like wackiness 90s man you know it's like a nice moment but we immediately cut from that to the driving scene yeah the tone immediately changes immediately and we never discuss this again we never go back to this like earth-shattering realization that link has that his life is like dead and everyone he knew and loved is gone and you're never gonna see them again nope we're just gonna go right to this which is another reason like what are you guys doing he is in driver's ed class you guys had to sign him up for classes because he wasn't signing up for his own fucking classes. He don't know what the fuck they are. So you idiots signed him up for goddamn driver's ed and you weren't even in the class with him? What the fuck are you guys doing? They just happened to look out the window and see Link getting into a car and driving off. What if he didn't do that? And he's been playing a fucking driving game for the past however many months. Just driving recklessly on this game. Like, that's what they say immediately when they see him. They're like, oh my god, they fucking made this fucking game. No, not the game. (laughs) And, of course, Link gets into the car with Robin and fucking Dave and Stoney just jump into the car with him before he drives off. And they're trying to get him to stop. And he's driving like a maniac. They basically stole a car because they drive the car off the campus and the cops are called. Like they, what the fuck? <laughs> what is happening? They end up getting arrested. Just Dave and, uh, and Link end up getting arrested after this whole ordeal. And it's like this all could have been prevented if you guys were normal humans and maybe just didn't have him get signed up for driver's ed. <laughs> well, I think at this point, Dave is slowly starting to be like, this is too much for me. I'm going to slowly just start backing off of like giving a shit because this isn't working for me well dave's pissed exactly because it's not working out the way he wanted because he's not really getting more popular at all but link is getting super popular and again stoney doesn't care because stoney is genuinely like close and loves link so he doesn't really care but dave is like getting more and more pissed off about the situation especially when after dave and link get arrested he is such a fucking idiot. Dave literally uses his one phone call, not to call his parents to help like get him bailed out or, you know, call Stoney to help get him bailed out. No, he calls Robin and says, I'm using my one phone call to ask you to go to prom with me. Emotionally holding her hostage, basically. Basic, yeah, he's like, just say yes, okay? Because I'm using my one phone call to ask you to go to prom with me. fucking emotionally manipulative idiot first of all second of all she literally in the scene before asked you to dance with her and you didn't want to dance with her so you're gonna go to prom with her and do what just stand in the corner like you fucking idiot third of all she turns around to dave and says um no i want to go to the prom with link by the way in the scene at the ice rink Robin broke up with Matt because he's a fucking asshole and she's like I'm not going to prom with Matt I'm not going to prom with Dave I want to go to prom with Link because Link is unafraid to be exactly who he is and he is better than all you motherfuckers which I tend to agree yep (laughs) but Dave's pissed of course and he essentially this fucking pisses me off so much 
he essentially decides to fox and the hound link and if you don't know what i mean by that let me explain <laughs> dave just like packs a fucking bag for link throws him in the back seat of the car drives him off to parts unknown in like the middle of the fucking highway or something and just drops him off and tells him to run along run along little doggy and never come back and of course stony pops up and is like what the fuck are you doing and they get into a little fist fight and then link breaks him up and goes hey no we can't do this we're family we're family I actually thought that was cute, too, when Link turns around. Because Link actually does, like, go. Cause he's like, oh, okay, I guess you don't want me anymore. Bye. And Link sees them fighting and runs up and grabs Dave. And is like, get the fuck off, my friend. Stop. Let's stop fighting. It's really, it's sad. But, yeah, they all make up. And they have, like, a little group hug. But, like, Dave's still an asshole. <laughs> I don't care what anyone says. But fuck Dave. <laughs> Dave has now decided to let... Uh, Link go to the prom with to let him go with her. <laughs> she wasn't gonna go with him anyway because he's a fucking goober. But anyway, yeah. But she, Link and Robin go to the prom. Dave and Stony chill by the mud hole <laughs> slash pool. That mind you, this is prom night, right? By the end of the fucking movie, it's the end of prom night, and there's magically a pool party at Dave's house. We have never seen how this pool was made, actually, from a fucking dirty hole in the ground to an actual pool, but that's besides the point. It, that, who gives a fuck? But so, Matt comes. Yeah, because earlier he had found out that Link is not who he seems because he somehow broke into the fucking school records and found that there was nothing but a dog license in his file. So he's like, hmm, something is fishy here. So he's like, okay, so I'm going to break into Dave's house and find evidence that something is fishy. So he breaks into Dave's house and happens to accidentally find the pictures that prove that Link is a caveman. Yeah, but even you were saying when that came up, you're like, what is what is this really proving that like... Like, it doesn't necessarily prove anything. Yeah, it doesn't prove that Link's the cave... Like, there's no actual, like, proof that Link is the caveman, except that his picture is with all the other pictures. And you're like, I could make this giant leap of logic here that... Right. And, like, essentially that's... It doesn't really do anything, because Matt leaves and goes to prom to, like, expose Link, right? As he's being crowned prom king, by the way, with Robin as his queen. But, uh, Stoney and... Dave catch him in the act of stealing the picture so they chase after him too and they all converge at the prom and when Matt gets up on stage and exposes Link after a few nasty shushes at everyone when they try to interrupt him he literally just makes a very dramatic you know ex expose on Link and he's like this piece of shit is a caveman and everyone just erupts in applause like yeah Link <laughs> because everyone loves Link so like fuck you like yeah okay he's a caveman whatever bro and <laughs> Matt's like no no yeah and, and he gets knocked into a cake yeah he gets knocked into a cake and we have a very great like you know bully eats shit moment and um Pauly Shore kind of puts the cherry on top by uh dumping punch on top of Matt and just uh throwing his catchphrase back at him with a with a nice shush and i do feel like that probably should have been dave's moment considering that matt and dave have had all the back and forths 
throughout the movie. But at this point, I don't, again, don't give a shit about Dave. So I'm glad that Pauly Shore got well, to do that. <laughs> well, Dave's about to get his bullet where he magically gets the girl at the end. Oh, yeah. Now magically Robin loves him and they make out. I'm like, I don't care. Well, they're but- both <laughs> manipulative. I don't think they're going to last, honestly. Oh, right. It's kind of bullshit, but whatever. But I do want to mention because we end the prom with a beautiful choreographed dance sequence as most you know proms end like that right Right, of course you know this is high school musical after all i did want to mention something kind of funny i don't know if this is like common practice for proms generally but there is a prom band in the scene i feel like for, i mean maybe i don't know i have, i know our prom was just like a dj maybe some proms do have actual bands i don't know but uh there, there was a prom band in this particular movie uh the the band is interesting i just i needed to mention it because it's just so weird it's very 90s um it's a funk metal group apparently those exist called infectious grooves and they they have some interesting bops i just want to share some titles with you to the bops because i just i just can't continue this review without discussing the prom band that's in the very end of (laughs) like last 10 minutes of the movie you're infected by the grooves with grooves yes so there's some really uh, boporific song titles, including Stop Funkin' With My Head. Oh, yeah. You Lie, dot, 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 and Yo Breath Stink. You lie, and your breath stink. You lie, and your breath stink. And the day you're tired, don't give it a speech. And you said time to go brush your teeth. But could my breath would be a stun? Could your breath don't smell like your mouth don't fine? Okay. And Yo like Y O oh. breast stank. Ah, okay, okay. I love destruction. Okay. And my absolute favorite, monster skank. Monster <laughs> which skank was, works. Which, if I had a stripper name, that would be it. I think. I don't know. I'm I'm workshopping it. Anyway, I just had to mention that because I just found that little tidbit of information very fun and very silly. But anyway, um, yeah, we get a choreographed caveman dance sequence. And it's it's just magical. And of course, like it starts out with Link, then Pauly Shore and Sean Astin join in because, you know, the power trio, they're all BFFs now and everything's fine. <laughs> like, OK, whatever. They try to make it seem like Dave is fine now. But in reality, he does get what he wants at the end. But it's not because he, changed. you know, changed at all or like didn't care about being popular anymore he's throughout the whole movie cared about being popular and really nothing else like i don't know he, he's not really the most well-developed or sympathetic main character but then at the end of the day this is like a you know throwaway 90s flick it's not you know yeah. though I, I did find out something else very interesting in a bunch of Polish shore movies after this mm-hmm. there usually is a reference to Link. Oh, well, it's funny you mentioned that. Both in Son-in-Law and in in the movie he did after that, which is called In the Army Now, the character of Link, played by Brendan Fraser, does make a cameo in both of those movies, which I kind of found funny. Stoney and Link have a much tighter bond, I feel like, by the end. like I feel like they're real BFFs, because at the very end of the movie, it, it ends at a big pool party at... Dave's house, which in reality, like Scott said, would have been a big mud pit party. But that's, again, who gives a fuck? It's the movie's almost over. <laughs> but um, 
while Dave is making out with Robin on the side for an inexplicable reason. With her long white gloves. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the 90s, Scott. It's prom. Classy. Anyway, Stoney and Link are, like, you know, dancing and sashaying around as they do. And they notice, like, handprints and shit on the uh, screen door leading into the house. And... They're like, what the fuck? And they go inside. And of course, they find the cave lady from the very, very beginning of the movie. And see, she somehow has unearthed herself from wherever, however. And she is like in the bathtub, just like splashing around. And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, that's how this movie's ending? Okay. So, of course, Polly Shore and Brendan Fraser then beautify the cave lady. Brendan Fraser has got his cave woman. And all is right with the world. And that's how the movie ends, buddy. Buddy. And that's Encino Man. Yes, it is. It's a goofy movie. It really is goofy as hell. (laughs) It's a goofy movie. This isn't a movie that you come in and you got to take seriously. No, definitely not. (laughs) This is, again, as I said in the beginning, this is a movie you get in, you laugh a couple of times, you get out. It's a movie about a couple of fucking high school idiots that somehow unearth a caveman and enroll him in high school. Like, it's not, you know, it's like when we did the review of uh, Teen Wolf. It's like, yeah, that movie's fucking stupid. But like, you know, you don't go into a movie where like a high schooler turns into a wolf boy and plays basketball with like expectations of seriousness. (laughs) Like, it's not going to happen. But yeah, so it's a harmless watch. Yeah, if you are ever sitting around sometime wondering, what was the deal with Pauly Shore? Why was he so popular randomly? You can watch this movie and like, it's basically a Pauly Shore movie that you're not going to be too offended by. You know, it's not very uh, egregious and it's Pauly Shoreness. And you can even kind of understand where producers and Hollywood at that time was coming from with putting Pauly Shore in movies because he is kind of like silly and funny in that movie and kids probably really did like him well, at that time you know and you can kind of see we go from Paulie Shore to Tom Green yeah going through like these weird oh this TV star let's make them a movie star right so uh Scott what did you rate this movie I gave it a three out of five I also have it as a three out of five it's not particularly special or exciting or different in any way but it's not egregious or no. offensive either and it's it's not terrible or anything it's just fine it's funny that nothing, it's enjoyable it's funny that nothing really ages too badly in this no with 90s comedies yeah that's true that's a that's a scary thing when you watch them now and you're like this used this age very poorly. Yeah, 80s too. You know, some of the things it's like, ugh. But this is fine. You don't really... Because it's just a simple concept and they've managed to not really do anything too horrible in this. Yeah. There's worse things you can watch. That's true. That's definitely true. Yeah. <laughs> we watched Birdemic on this show. That this is movie is no Birdemic. <laughs> but uh, next week, we will be taking a detour into TV land. Once ah. again, we will be finishing out our... Avatar The Last Airbender series with good old season three. Oh, yeah. Something tells me I'm going to be emotionally scarred from this. So I am ready, but also not ready to tackle that. It's going to be a lot of fun. But until then, this has been Shoot the Flick. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. Buddy. Buddy. 
Make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Shoot the Flick and check out our weekly episodes every single Wednesday on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio, and pretty much anywhere else you can find a podcast. And make sure you come back next week for our firebending, emotionally damaging TV adventure. Let's go get some grindage. Ooh, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs>